Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Alright, bueno, estamos un día más aquí en el show de los 30-30. Tenemos una gran invitada el día de hoy. Uh, nos acompaña con nosotros la señora Erin Schein, que está corriendo por la, um, una gobernatura en el estado de Texas. Uh, for the Sp uh, English speakers, we have a great guest today here with us, Miss Erin Schein. Uh, she is uh, she's running for the House Representative here in Texas. Uh, welcome to the 30-30 show. Perfect. Uh, I'm very happy that you're here. To finally, after... Several weeks that we've been talking about <laughs> it, getting together and do something together. Finally, yes. we, we get to the day. Honored to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Great, great. So we tell us a little bit about yourself, Miss Erin. Oh, we're glad to. Um, I always describe myself. I'm a mom. I'm the wife of a veteran. I'm an attorney. I'm a small business owner. I own two small businesses. I'm a Christian. Great. Um, and I'm a proud Way Cohen, and I'm running to represent my community and the Texas House of Representatives. That's I'll be on your ballot on November 8th. That's amazing. How do you, how do you handle all these three things? Uh, you know, you've mm -hmm. been a mom, working, uh, doing mm -hmm. all this uh, conference. I'm sure you're mm -hmm. busy and three kids and a husband. Yep. So we'll keep, they keep you busy, huh? Uh, well, there's an old saying, if you want something done, give it to a busy mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So I like being busy. Um, I have been working on this campaign since the ice storm every day. And so it's just a part of my routine now on, um, so, and I love it. I am, feel like I'm very prepared to represent this community in Austin because I put, I've done my homework. Nice. Nice. Uh, are you originally from, uh, Waco? Where are you originally from? I was born in North Carolina, North Carolina. and we moved to Dallas on my second birthday Wow. And marriage got me to Waco. I married a guy from Austin, and I was from Dallas, so we met in between okay. in Waco, and we moved here. I can always remember um, how long we've been here because I was pregnant with Paul, and he's 27. So I've been here 27 years. 27 mm -hmm. years, and I'm sure you've seen all this difference in that has been happening in Waco. Uh, you know, like Waco is growing like super... Oh, yes. Fast and all these new houses all around Waco is just amazing. It's great. So when we came here 27 years ago, the Branch Davidian fiasco had just happened. Wow. And that was uh, very much in the news. And that was such a sad day for Waco, a sad event. And now it's nice to have so many positive events um, happening with primarily the growth and expansion. Right. Of course, Baylor and its athletics and its expansion. It's It's great to it's be great. A, yeah, to see both sides. Now mm -hmm. that you mentioned Baylor, you were uh, a teacher Teacher, Baylor. Yes. And you graduated from Baylor as well. No, I have three college degrees, um, but none of them are from Baylor. Oh. I have an uh, undergraduate degree in political science and journalism from Trinity University Trinity in University. San, Antonio. San Antonio. And then I have a master's degree in public administration from SMU in Dallas. And then I have a law degree from Texas Tech. Um, I taught at Baylor in the law school for about 10 years. 
Wow. So um, I guess I should add to my resume, I'm also a retired teacher. Retired teacher. <laughs> in there, which is very important because obviously education is a huge issue that we discuss. In yeah, and I, I noticed that uh, on your campaign, you know, you mentioned something about like, um, what is the main issues that you're trying to accomplish when you get elected? You know, like one of them is just uh, uh, fixing electrical grid and bringing more tax uh, dollars back to the to the community. So how do you how do you think that th this can be achieved uh, whenever you be elected? And how do you what will be the plan for this okay. project for bringing the tax dollars yes, back? Well, I have been an attorney for almost 40 years, and so I'm very used to representing a client, understanding what the client needs and then going to a court and explaining that and trying to get what the client needs, you know, from the judicial system. I have represented over 6,000 Central Texans um, when I do bankruptcy work and foreclosure prevention. So many of them at one of the worst times in their life when they were losing their home or facing foreclosure and save their home, save their marriages, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So I'm very familiar on representing folks. And um, I believe I will be a much stronger representative than our prior representative. He has shown himself... Um, or current representative, excuse me, unable to uh, bring home the bacon, as you say. Yes. For instance, when um, Hillcrest Hospital moved out to 35 and mm -hmm. we had our um, uh, old hospital sitting there, you know, empty, our community leaders wanted to turn it into a mental health facility and a drug rehabilitation facility which is really important because folks that are experiencing those kinds of issues do not belong in our criminal justice system. They need to be right. in specialty places where they can get appropriate help. And unfortunately, our current representative was not able to bring the funding home from Austin to Waco. He's served for 18 years uh, representing us, and you would think he would be senior enough to be able to bring the funding bring the back. But Doc Anderson was not able to do that. And so he is the primary reason why Hillcrest Hospital is a pile of rubble because he couldn't bring that funding back, even though community wanted. He had never represented people before. He was a, a veterinarian. And I think right. having a, a lawyer, a strong lawyer that knows how to get in there and fight is what we need because he's just proven that he can't do it. Exactly. And so it's time to move over and let's let someone else. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'm. I'm I agree with you, especially, uh, I mean, all the experience that you've been a, a, as a lawyer, I mean, uh, is, a, is a great opportunity for people to get to know you and, and, and get to know a little bit more about what you do. And uh, you mentioned one of the important things, you know, just the, someone's to listen to the community. I like that, that yes. word because not many people is out there trying to listen to people, trying to see what, the, what people is going through, the problems that, that we go through as a residents. Um, and all the all this stuff that you know, like uh, better healthcare, better jobs for uh, for the community, and uh, more opportunities, uh, basically Absolutely. for everybody. So that's that's pretty. Good. You got. I like the mm -hmm. points that you got. It. They're pretty good. Uh, well, let me touch on something you just said there. Um, another thing that we really need to do is expand Medicaid. So when you and I work, we get a pay stub, you'll notice a deduction comes out for the, that for taxes, for taxes and goes to the federal government. And we have the ability, if we voted to expand Medicaid, to get those dollars back to Waco to give a Medicaid to our community. 
And again, our current rep has voted multiple times not to do that. So we are the least insured state of all 50 states. And um, Waco, even during the pandemic, you know, you can imagine that's when someone needs health care. Absolutely. And our current rep was approached by Providence, Hillcrest, and Waco Family Health and said, please, they all three said, please expand Medicaid. We need those dollars. We're in a exactly. pandemic. We've got sick people here. And he voted against our hospitals. I will not vote against <laughs> our hospitals. And we will definitely expand Medicaid. You'll, that will be a big additional difference between my opponent and I. We're yeah. going to get those Medicaid dollars and get folks insured down here with Medicaid. Yeah, that's that's a good point because uh, uh, exactly when you mentioned that we went through all this pandemic, what everybody was thinking that we were going to be like, oh, it's just going to be one week. Because I remember it was <laughs> before the spring break and everybody was like, yeah, the, the kids are going to be home for one week. And then... Uh, and it got worse and worse, and and it turned yes. it out to two years, and we're still having yeah. cases and in dealing with it. And I don't think COVID is going to go nowhere. I mean, it's I think right. it's going to stay here. We just got to find it the right way to uh, minimize all these problems and control it. So right. that's very that's very important that the that you touch and base on that and uh, Medicare uh, for all these people that is really in need of a medical. Oh. A dramatic improvement, improvement in the lives of folks from McLennan County when they had insurance. You know, they were able to go when they're not only sick, um, just with a cold or in a car wreck or they mm -hmm. get COVID or whatever. That's vitally needed. And we won't get that unless we get new leadership in Austin. Yeah. And um, back to education, you know, there's still mm -hmm. a lot of places that here in, in Texas that there doesn't have the right uh I guess equipment, a, a way to communicate, having a good internet, and sure. being able to sort uh, find more uh, ways to learn uh, stuff on through the social media. Because mm -hmm. now social media, internet is just vital. It's, it's vital. I mean, it's just like if you don't have internet, you don't have nowhere to go. You cannot research anything. I think that internet is like a utility. It's like water and electricity. electricity. It's just a necessity of life. We need it for telemedicine. Our kids need it. That's how I'm continuing to see clients. I see clients, saw clients yesterday um, through Zoom. Mm -hmm. um, we've continued to do that because I had clients that had been exposed to COVID. And so it's great. We didn't have to cancel the appointment. I said, let's just meet by Zoom. And I do a lot of work on, um, out of Fort Hood. Soldiers have a lot of financial difficulty um, and challenges. You know, they get deployed and they're moving a lot. That's expensive. So um, we do all of those bankruptcies by Zoom so that they don't have to drive all the way up here um, to meet with me to do their bankruptcy. We do it all by Zoom. Um, but I can always tell if a soldier's calling me from more of a rural part of the um, county, we're going to have a bad Internet connection. Exactly. And so a lot of times we have to tell them, hey, can you go to a friend's house or something like that so we have a better connection. But what we really need to do is get stronger leadership in Austin so we can get that broadband expanded out to those rural communities. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Absolutely. I agree because... I was uh, on the phone yesterday just with folks on how we can do that and trying to make potentially a presentation in West, which is part of District 56, about how we can get stronger internet out there to West. So, wow. Yeah. So what is that normally, what is that, what is that the activity for Ms. Shank uh, every day? I know you mentioned that you got three kids. 
uh, Rachel right. Uh, right. is a disabled yes, absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. children. Right. Uh, how do you handle that? How do you accomplish share all these things, uh, you know, being all over the place every day? Right. Um, what is the help or what is the, I'm sure you well motivated every day to get up and do everything that you do, yeah. but is any particular motivation that it, it makes you like get up and say, hey, this is what I'm going to do, or somebody helps you with the, uh, with that? Tell me, how do you handle that? Because I'm, oh. I'm very impressed mm-hmm. of how you handle all this, uh, well, you know, you. being on the campaign, like I say, with the husband, three children. Mm-hmm. Of course, you got the older ones. I right. think they do their own thing, but I, I think... Uh, uh, Rachel is the one is a little bit more attention than Absolutely. anybody. Right. So John and I have uh, three children. Mm-hmm. Paul is our oldest. He's 27. And he is an architect in training here at RBDR Architects. And he lives with me because his job's about eight blocks away. Okay. So, um, but he's 27, so he's so fine. A little bit of walking distance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then um, Billy, our middle child, is in graduate school at uh, North Texas in Denton. So um, he was here just this week. We had a big flag day party at the house, nice. celebrating flag day. And he's also a musician. He's studying to be a journalist, so he did the music uh, at the party. So he's definitely self-sufficient. But we have uh, our youngest has Down syndrome, Rachel, and she's my baby. She's uh, my best friend, uh, my little girl for life. And she's my inspiration for doing this. Um, there's a lot of things I think we need to do better in Austin. But one of the things, um, I think there's really not a voice for the disabled in Austin. Mm-hmm. And I have been a voice for Rachel, disabled, um, for 24 years. And so I just really have a heart for the disabled. I see the world now through the eyes of a disabled child, because I'm Rachel's mother, I'm her guardian, I'm her advocate. And so when I look at legislation, I look at it at how it affects folks, but I have the vision of also how would it affect someone that, you know, was sight impaired or that didn't didn't know how to read or that couldn't walk well or things like that. And I think that's very healthy to have someone with that perspective look at it. But you ask, how do I do it all? When you... Um, when you really believe in something and you um, love your community, it's very easy. And uh, I used to be, I told this story on myself, when I first decided to run, I'd wake up in the morning and I'd almost have to catch my breath. It'd be like, oh my goodness, <laughs> what are you doing? We were still in the pandemic and, you know, life was scary. Um, was. Now the alarm rings, I bound out of bed. I'm <laughs> so excited to hit the ground running. What are we doing today? What can I do? Because I just so firmly believe that I'm almost called to do this. Um, a very strong faith. And we haven't talked about the women's issues, but that's the, the real motivation that gets me out of bed in the morning is to, to hit the women's issues in Austin. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, because uh, uh, it's just, uh, I guess, everybody has the, needs to have the spiritual uh, part of us. Uh, I guess in our, as a human being, you know, it's, it has, we have to have something to motivate to get up every day and do something. And, you know, that, that's, uh, it's very nice that, that all these things inspire you to keep moving every day. And that's yes. amazing. Um, on the um, part that you say, uh, helping all these women, that it goes, that they have probably the same problems, you know, they, don't, they have, they've been, 
uh, going through domestic violence or they have uh, issues with with the children and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you see, how do you see the difference on that between the big city and the small city? Well, right. Waco compared to Austin, you know, because it's a bigger town, bigger right. city, of course. Uh, but how do you think it can be it can be handled in Waco? compared to big cities because uh, of course they have more sources in the big cities but right. how do you what do you think is is what we what we need to do in Waco to accomplish a better health for these people right let me take a twist on that here's the issue that i think a lot of people aren't looking at um, because they don't really realize the gravity about what's fixing to happen so we have of course an, a supreme court opinion called Roe v Wade okay that legalized abortion in the early parts of the pregnancy. And the Supreme Court is imminently reversing that. It should happen any day. And whichever side of the abortion debate you end up on, whether you're pro or against, we are fixing to have really dramatic change in America on this. Because 50% of the states are going to have it to be illegal to have an abortion in their state. And 50% of the states are going to have it where abortion is legal. So our country is going to be completely split down the middle on this issue. And since the Civil War, we've never been split on, you know, this is a significant issue. And one that really gets people worked up, (laughs) you know. Now, I must interject that... When John and I were, were talking about our children, when we decided to have kids, what was later in life, and with all three pregnancies, especially the third, we were advised to consider terminating the pregnancy because the child might have um, Down syndrome and we might want to consider aborting. And all three times we obviously said no, and we are very proud that we have a child with Down syndrome and of our decision, our choice. But I think that's why I'm so qualified for this position, because I've looked the question of abortion in straight in the eyes three times. And so I know what that's like. But uh, and compared to my opponent, who obviously hasn't, ever, you know, being a man, hasn't done, hasn't had that decision. Um, but when we get to this states being 50-50, I think it's like, 26, 24 is what the split's going to be, maybe 23, 27, something yeah, like that. But it's, it's very close. Very close to each other. Yeah. But Texas has a trigger law that my opponent uh, co-sponsored, as a matter of fact. So as soon, as soon as we lose Roe v. Wade, then the trigger law goes into effect. And so abortion is illegal um, in Texas. No exception for rape, incest, Life of the mother, unless it's imminent life of the mother, which I think that would be really rare. Um, and there's a lot of questions that, about this. Um, if a doctor, a nurse, anybody participates in terminating a pregnancy after the trigger law comes into effect, it's a life imprisonment for the doctor, a $100,000 fine, and loss of the medical license. Um, there's a lot of issues that they ignored when they passed this law. For instance, what about 
an atopic pregnancy. An atopic pregnancy, a very good, close friend of mine had one, is when the sperm and the egg meet in the fallopian tubes. Mm -hmm. And so there is a pregnancy, but obviously a child cannot grow in the fallopian tube. And if that child isn't taken, excuse me, the fetus, whatever, (laughs) embryo isn't taken, then it'll kill the mother because it will explode the fallopian tube. It'll burst the fallopian tube. So what do you do in, in that instance? What about miscarriages? Uh, what about birth control? I mean, there's you can't just divide our country like exactly. this and say what. And what about um, uh, there's a very strong train of thought. There may be folks in Texas that want to start prosecuting our young women that go across lines uh, because they want to terminate a pregnancy. Do we want to start putting our young women in prison for doing something very legal in one state when they come back home. I mean, this is an incredible period of time for women's reproductive health. And um, I'm saying I'm log- I'm not way to the left. I mean, I'm just a woman. I have lived all this. I, yes. I have had in vitro fertilization. Um, I've had you know, obviously used birth control. I think having a woman in... This position is vital now in our community, as opposed to having an almost 80-year-old man. Um, So I frequently say to the women of McLennan County and the men that love them, it is time for our community to be represented by a woman at this time, because only a woman would really understand, um, not from a legal standpoint, but just from a practical standpoint, as I have just lived it. Yeah, just like you say, yeah. like you just mentioned, uh, you, you've been through all these stages and, and you've been yeah. uh, facing it, all this, I mean, on, you, on yes. your life. And, and that's, uh, that's very crucial because you're going to understand better yes. every, uh, the, from the woman's perspective versus yes. men. And, you know, I understand that the, a lot of the folks that are very, very opposed to abortion, they oh, there's a baby, there's a life. Yes, I think we should consider that too. There's got to be a way that we can balance this. And we can let this issue further divide us, which I believe that's what my opponent would do because he has sponsored and advocated some of this extreme far right, you know, like the life imprisonment for a doctor that's trying to save a woman's life. That's extremely radical, and we don't need to go that far right. We need our doctors. I will support our doctors. I have a disabled child who's been in the hospital 64 times. I've been there all 64 times. I have a great respect for hospitals and for doctors. And we need to come together on this issue as a community and figure out how we navigate in a post-Roe world. And I'm ready to lead uh, this community in the post-Roe world. Yeah, because you got, I mean, been all this many times, I'm sure that you, like you mentioned, you have to deal with doctors, you have to make yes. a decisions right there on the spots and see what is going to be more beneficial and what is going to be more helpful for you and the family. Yes, Rachel's, uh, it's been interesting, um, 64 hospital visits, Gardens. I've been in helicopters, ambulances, I've driven 90 miles an hour with her blue in my front seat trying wow. to get to her to oxygen. So I have a great respect uh, for doctors. And I think we need to have um, a lot of doctor and medical input 
um, in how we navigate in a post-Roe world because uh, we'll, abortion is illegal. By the time I start representing this community in January, which I hope the voters agree, um, abortion will be illegal totally for all purposes in Texas, no exceptions in my opinion. Very, very, very narrow, imminent life of the mother, which uh, I think that, you know, there's just not going to, I mean, yeah. how do you go from that? And you, what we have to do is to, I'm not going to try to, uh, and I can't all of a sudden make it, you know, legal again for the, my friends on the left. But what I'm trying to do is to, ha- to, this next session is how do we bring the sides together and navigate through. We have got to focus on women's health and the, the health of the uh, potential child, the life inside of her, how we navigate through that and how we bring the community together instead of continuing to be divided over it. Absolutely. I agree. And uh, I know we mentioned something about a school. I, I believe what, uh, I mean, we did see all, uh, when the pandemic hit oh, yeah. uh, how bad uh, we needed the people to uh, attention, you know, a lot of medicals, uh, medical attention, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And uh, we didn't have many people who wanted to work. We didn't have enough doctors. We didn't have uh, enough people to help. So uh, earlier we mentioned, uh, we talked about like how we can help people to give more opportunities, uh, have a better uh, school, have better education. So that's a good point that, that you bring into the table because a lot of, uh, a lot of, places uh needs to give more opportunity more probably more scholarship for these people and and easy easy way to for them to have a degree right and and help our community so that's very important uh, i think the fact that i'm a former teacher and not only did i teach um at baylor law school but i also taught at smu and at texas wesleyan before we moved to waco so I've been a teacher for at three different institutions on the law school level. But I think um, coming from a teaching background, I definitely appreciate our teachers and I'm going to support our teachers. We must support our public schools. That's our next generation. That's our workforce. Um, I am a product of public and private school. My children are a product of public and private school. Our community is full of public and private schools. Baylor is, of course, private, which TSTC is public, you know. So I think the fact that I come from that blend, I can very easily represent that blend. But I am obviously a serious lover of education. I have three college degrees. How do you see the the change on on education back in the day when when you – went to school mm-hmm. and nowadays how 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 do you see the difference oh, now there's helping a one the word answer to that the star test so the answer is star i really want to look at the star test because i've never met a teacher that liked it i've never met <laughs> a student that liked it in fact i was with my family at zubilee and i ran into a mom and her son was fixing to take that star test and he was just so nervous and scared. And I spent some time talking to him. You can do this. It's okay. I remember telling him I had to study for a big important test once called the bar exam and it was real scary, but you know, you can do it. But I think we have way too much emphasis on that test. 
it's interesting. We put so much emphasis on that test, but no employer ever asks, hey, how'd you do on the STAR test? If you want to join the military after high school, they never ask. You know, it's wow. not ask if you're on college admissions test. It's the way the legislature has just put this very stressful event called the STAR test on our children. And I've spent a lot of time talking to teachers and other folks that are in education, school board members. There's just a l- small amount of topics that um, are required to be examined under the STAR test. For some reason, we've expanded that. Um, and therefore, the STAR test is a lot more encompassing than it legally has to be. So maybe if we cut it down to just, you know, I think we need some measure of, you know, to make sure that you're, you know, can pass from grade, you know, X to grade Y. But I think we should seriously look at the STAR test. And we spend three, I believe this is correct, $326 million a year administering the STAR test. Just giving the test that everybody hates and nobody needs. needs, So I really think we should look at that thing strongly. And uh, so that's what's different between when I went to school and now we didn't have the star test. And I think I turned out all right without the star test. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, a lot of people don't like that. But Mm -hmm. yeah, that's that's very important. There's way too much stress on our children that have been through enough stress with the pandemic and, um, you know, everything else that's going on in our society. Why are we putting that too stressful of a burden? Yeah, and back in the day, we didn't have the easy life with the laptop and the mm-hmm. internet. It was just like you wanted to research something, you got to go get yourself in the library and mm-hmm. dig and read and everything. So that's that's uh, internet is a yeah. super tool that we. Have I'm even nowadays. older than you, so there used to be a thing <laughs> called the encyclopedias, and the salesman came by and they sold you an encyclopedia. And it was A, B, C. So if you were wanting to look up, I don't know, rivers, you know, then you picked the book that was been with R and it would tell you all about rivers or if you're writing a paper on rivers. I guess I said that because there's water seen behind me. Um, so that's where I came from. So, yeah, the Internet is a lot more. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, it's just more easier. I see uh, my nephew and um, he always on the iPad and he's – Easy, you ask him for something. Oh, yeah, give me a minute. He just, like, researched mm-hmm. it right there on the spot. Is yeah. I, I was on that generation as well where uh, you have to go to the library, library. and mm-hmm. read the book and start looking at all these numbers and find the right book and get the right information. So oh yeah, that's, that's a big difference nowadays. Yeah. Well, and that's why in our rural communities, when they don't have that access – they are so much more at a disadvantage, and that's why we need to get them that access. The federal government is giving millions of dollars to expand broadband out to the rural communities. And I think we need a strong rep in Austin to say, hey, are we getting that in West? Are we getting that in McGregor? McGregor. Are we getting that in Riesel? You know, because that's where we, so what, when they say expansion of broadband, that's what they're talking about to the rural communities. Absolutely. You have two offices, one here in mm-hmm. town in, in Waco, Waco and another in Killing, correct? That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I wanted to mention that to or, uh, people to listen to the show, the 3030 show, and I want to encourage people as well to vote because, it, you know, no many people, I mean, people sometimes don't want to vote anymore. They just mm-hmm. don't pay attention to what's going on with in the community. So I, I want to encourage people to kind of like do some re- research and and. and Vote for people 
and listen to people and what they have to offer. And you know, oh, thank you. Listen. And if you're not registered to vote, get registered. Get registered. Call me. I'm a deputized voter registrar. I've already registered somebody this week. Nice. Um, and I am. Uh, the NAACP is doing a voter registration drive at all our churches this Sunday. Um, in connection with the Juneteenth celebration. Okay. So I'm in charge of the voter registration at my church. And nice. so we're encouraging. And if you haven't voted in a while, um, let's make sure that you're still registered. They purge you if you haven't voted in a while. So I think it's two federal elections and then they purge you. So we, got, we also want to double check that our voter registration uh, status is still active. Uh, and sure. you have an active uh, account or website where you mm -hmm. can go. You want to share Vote, that with the people? VoteTexas.com. That, mm -hmm. that way they can uh, mm -hmm. see exactly. And, and That's where they can check on it. Check all the information. Or if, you know, they're not real familiar with the Internet, they can call our elections office and just say, hey, do you have me registered to vote? I've done that before when I was somewhere and because I've got them on speed dial on my phone. <laughs> I'm here with a potential voter. She just wants to make sure she's registered. Do you have Susie Smith on, you know, Lakeshore Drive or whatever? And they're like, yeah, she's still registered. So we know she's good. So you can just call the elections office, okay. McLennan County Elections Office. And um, yeah, definitely want to uh, encourage the people to listen to us in Spanish. Para la gente que nos escucha en español, Uh, por, por favor, hagan la, esa la oportunidad de um, registrarse para votar y, y conozcan a los a participantes que están corriendo para la elección um, y a nuestro estado y puedan este, tener una opinión y podamos tener una mejor este, uh, forma de conocer a nuestros integrantes, a nuestra comunidad y podemos participar junto con nuestra comunidad. So basically, Perfect. I'm just saying that, you know, mm -hmm. Hispanic people, because on Hispanic uh, culture, uh, we need to... Uh, we need to put ourselves a little bit more out there because there's, right. uh, I mean, the language is a little is a barrier right. sometimes. And, you know, there's people that can vote, but they don't know exactly where they need to go right. or who, if they can make a call and register mm -hmm. and vote. And, you know, I would encourage people to, to do that as well. And we have voter registration forms in English and in Spanish. In Spanish. And when you vote, you can ask for a ballot um, in Spanish. So you could actually okay, vote great. in Spanish if you... Great. So there you go. So mm -hmm. there's an opportunity there to vote. Mm -hmm. Okay. You just need to get you registered so you can't... There, there you, you have go. to be registered 30 days before the election. And the election's November 8th. So we've got plenty of time to get people. There you go. November 8th. November 8th. Por favor, regístrense. Voten. Y participen, sean parte de la comunidad y nos, no, no nos quedemos callados. Vamos a tratar de um, ser parte de, de nuestra comunidad, ayudarnos y ayudar a la gente que está en una necesidad, como ya lo mencionamos, que gente que necesita uh, una atención médica, necesita a lo mejor algún tipo de ayuda con la gente que está uh, teniendo algún problema de de enfermedad o algo así, bueno, pues estos son los beneficios que puede tener el participar con tu comunidad y votar. Uh, is there any, is something else that you want to share with the com with our community and people that's listening and watching us on live oh, right now? Sure. Well, I just would like to thank you again for giving me this opportunity to speak. I, I just jump at any time I can talk to folks about this. I am so passionate Um, that I think we need stronger new leadership in Austin for our community. 
I know I've um, talked to about him a lot today, and um, a lot I've done a lot of campaign schools, and they always say don't vote, don't talk about your opponent. But our current representative has won the Furniture Award twice, okay. and that is an award given to the legislator who's no more consequential than his desk or his chair, and our rep has won it not once but twice. twice. And it's time for new leadership. Um, and so I promise one thing when I'm elected, because I'm planning on winning this I'm thing. I'm sure you. And that is I'm never going to win the furniture award. It's not <laughs> possible. <laughs> um, I'm just too passionate about my community and um, just it's not going to happen. So uh, what I would say, um, please consider voting for Aaron Shank whichever party you're part of. Um, if you're a Republican or a Democrat, I consider myself right down the middle. Somebody asked me, what are you running as? And my answer was, I'm running as a mom <laughs> because I think it's time for a mom to get down there. You know, that probably has given me more experience than anything. I know how to mediate arguments. I know how to balance a budget. <laughs> you know, I know how to organize uh, cats, basically. We had three kids in three and a half years. So, you oh, know, wow. there was a lot of organization there. Um, but seriously, um, I think this is a one of the most important elections in our community, especially for the women's issues we talked about before, and just the fact that we no longer need to be represented by someone who's embarrassing us in Austin. That's correct. Well, thank you very much, Ms. Aaron, to be here. Thank I'll, you. It was a pleasure to have you here with me. Thank you for all the people that is listening and, and is watching us through Facebook and uh, social media. Uh, and thank you one more time. And thank you. Hopefully everything goes well and uh, we're going to support you to yeah. get this done. We'll be lifting champagne. There you go. <laughs> Late November 8th. That'd be November great. November 8th. Please vote. Vote, thank you. Todos, por favor. vote for Aaron Schenck. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.